Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take, episode 51. On the other side of things, do we sound different, wiser, older, more mature? Oh, on the other side of 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I guess 40s over the hill, but in this case, 50s the new 40. 50s the new 40. Well, yeah, we're in our 50s now. We got a lot to do. What are we going to start with? Mailbag, I think, because our friend Wendy, friend of the show, Wendy Grantham, emailed us before our last episode came out, but I think after we'd recorded. So she wrote in a little bit about traditions. So I thought we needed to read hers and give thanks for her mailbag (laughs) up at the top. Here's what she said. Hello, Rachel and Matt. I love your podcast. Great way to start any email about the Tim Steak podcast. I love your intentionality and hearing you process through the big and little things related to being parents and to not just being a parent as well. I often find myself reminiscing and reliving those early days. Traditions. If I had to do it all over again, this is me reading, to be clear, people. I would be just like Matt and Rachel and think things through instead of just going along with what we grew up with or what the cultural norms are. Those things we grew up with were not all bad, but it's worth determining if that works with our family. Throw out those that don't and customize traditions we hold dear so they fit our family dynamic. She said, I'm looking forward to the Big 50th podcast. Hope you were not disappointed. Hope you weren't disappointed. Big celebration. If you missed it last week or two weeks ago, go back and listen. It was festive. <laughs> festive. Well, anyway, we just want to say thanks, Wendy, for writing. I think what she's saying here is echoing some of our own grappling about having some flexibility and think, thinking things through. And and it's hard to separate like what is what makes sense for your family and what you really want versus what is just like you feel pressured to do. Yeah, that's true. So it's not easy, but it was a big compliment to say that, yeah, she's glad that we're thinking through some of these things. Yeah, we appreciate it. And we appreciate you. Thanks for writing in. You too, listener, can write in to us at any time. Timstake at gmail.com. Shall we move on? Because we need to address the elephant in the room. And that is in our last episode, episode 50, we made available Tim's Take Trivia. Woo! Matt worked very hard on this. Yeah. So here's what I want to say about it, first of all. You know, part of the creative process is sometimes just throwing things at the wall. And sometimes things throw at the wall and they really stick. And sometimes they hit the wall and just slowly and limply slide down the wall. I'm going to claim that this was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I just did the trivia quiz today, it's hard. It was in audio format. And so often people listen to podcasts when you're not like near a computer or wanting to do things. So I do think it's a hard thing to convert people to actually filling something out. But even after tonight, even though we will not be giving away any more prizes, you too can yeah. still go test your Tim's It's still trivia. in the show notes. It's no, still which... active. And you know what? I'm not offended by it. It was an experiment. Was it highly successful? We had three people, four people, one team of two fill it out. And well, here's where I feel like I failed because all three of those got 100%. I am so impressed at people's remembering our commitment to go back and listen however you filled out those answers one of whom was wendy who yes. admitted that she cheated and listened back on a couple of them but good for i mean good on you that's amazing so that kind of blew us away i was really not expecting anyone to do that another one was cheryl maffey who also 
said in her comment, I enjoyed re-listening to the podcast to answer questions. So also blew my mind. Wowza. And then your parents. Who double teamed. Who double teamed the quiz also got 100%. Now you just took the quiz and would you like to share your score? I would not. (laughs) The only person to miss any of the questions was Rachel. About my life. (laughs) I only missed one. But I would also like to point out, Wendy did tell us which like which questions that she needed to go back and cheat on. And the one that you got wrong was not one of them. Okay. (laughs) That's just me now. So our friend Cheryl opted out of the prize pack. She said, I did this just for fun, which that's fine. I mean, personally, I'm all about doing things for the prize packs. But, you know, Cheryl, good for you. But our friend Wendy and actually Trish Bromson, your mother, is a previous competition winner. This is true. So one guessing what ailment you had during one of our episodes. Exactly. So she has previously won Mommy Son Gloves, which is obviously a default part of the Tim's Take podcast prize pack. But Wendy, look to your inbox because you're going to be getting a message asking for your glove size because you've definitely won a pair of Mommy Son Gloves. You've also won a gift card to bookshop.org, which is basically independent bookstores. Uh, because we talk about a lot of different books. So we figured you could either choose one of our selections or just get something for yourself. And then finally, we are going to reward your parents' McDonald's gift card. Which seems fitting. We've talked many times on this podcast about McDonald's ice cream. And we just visited them. And there's McDonald's right down the street. Yeah. So it's perfect. So there you go. We're splitting up the prize pack because we have multiple winners. And a big kudos to Cheryl, who also was right there with, with both of them. So Congrats, everyone. It was very fun to have you participate. Yeah, it was fun. And it's still, like Rachel said, it's still up. So if you're catching up, feel free to go back and do it and i i haven't actually released those scores yet so none of them know that they want so i think i'm gonna leave that oh fun like this for the next couple of days and then i'm gonna reach out so friends don't worry your prize packs are coming wendy get ready with that glove size these mommy sung gloves gonna change your world all right should we talk i do a little vacation recap and talk a little bit about this resource that you pulled together for us Yeah, so this past week, we spent time in Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. My parents both recently semi-retired and moved from Ohio, which they've lived in their whole lives where I grew up, and moved to Florida because they wanted to spend time closer to Disney World. And in my dad's case, that means right now working at Disney World, which is kind of an awesome gig. At least in terms of the perks, he has early shifts. He does merchandising inventory for Disney. So he's in the park from 4.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., which is a little wild. But it does mean that we got to visit and get in for free, which (laughs) if you've ever looked into a Disney vacation, that is a major, major perk for For the family. So it was also super fun just to see them where they're at and get to have them see Oliver. They saw him in September But gosh, he's already just changed so much and way more engaged and talkative and all these things. So it was a really special trip in a lot of ways. And we'll talk about a couple highlights. I have some questions for you. Oh. Maybe you have questions for me too, but. No, but I'm very curious what your questions are. You can answer your own questions too. I will. But to kick us off, uh, I wanted to bring a resource about Walt Disney World. Oh, yeah. And just to kind of get. This resource is a bit devil's advocate because Matt and I are both huge Disney fans, 
grow up, grew up going to either Disneyland or Disney World. Yeah, although we did realize in as part of this vacation and seeing people, we're like, hmm, I think we're just like, we really like Disney, but we might not be mega fans. Because you look around oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, that person is a huge Disney fan. So everything's relative. Once you actually go to Disney World, you're like, I think I'm like a pretty average Disney fan. <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, we're also pretty anti-cheesy, I think both of us in our normal lives. And so, I mean, people go, you have like matching family shirts, like the whole like merchandising. Thing. We're not really into like the merchandise of Disney World. Yeah, right. Though I sit here with a Disney World shirt yeah, on. Yeah, that is, that is true. <laughs> but I usually get like one thing when we go. And that's like my thing for the next like five years till we go again. Yeah. So, yes, they're, you know all relative i guess but this article which we'll link to is called confessions of a midlife travel blogger while i'm why i'm never taking my kids to disney so this is the opposite side of that coin i I mean we had oliver and i always assumed like within a couple years we would take him to disney so it's kind of interesting to hear someone else's i mean lots of people have you know opinions about disney world but this particular person interested in hearing them this is our (laughs) podcast i'm just kidding you can write in but go ahead. This person says what? So she lists a couple reasons why she will never take her kids to Disney World. And so I'm curious if you feel like these are valid reasons for not taking your kid, if they sway you either way, if you regret our decision, or if you <laughs> have arguments for Disney World. Okay. So one of the things she says is, I want my kids to explore the real world, not ride. It's a small world. So she says, yes, of course, Disney's full of magic. There's Epcot where you can explore all these, you know, little countries that they've set up. But wouldn't I rather take my kids to the things that inspired the Disney, like kind of manufactured version is how she describes it. So that's one of the things. Another thing she says is who wants to spend their vacation standing in line? Of course, you stand in line lots of places, but outside of Disney, you can usually work around lines and there's usually more at the end of a line than a 10 to 20 minute experience. Okay. And then, of course, there's so many other travel experiences a Disney budget could buy. I mean, yes, we for sure had a very big privilege and advantage in our favor. But even when my dad didn't have a job yet when we were looking at going, it was going to be quite pricey. And we were going to have to limit our experience. Even not having paying for tickets, like we still spent a good chunk of money in Disney World. So... I'd be curious what you think of all of these opinions. Hmm. I think each of them on their face makes sense to me. And I track. I think the one that I find most persuasive is the price tag. That you could do alternative things if you took that money. And like she says, I could basically go anywhere in the world. I think it also depends a little bit kind of on what you're deciding to do and how much you're spending, right? The budgets are really variable. So that one I found the most interesting and the most kind of convincing of any of the arguments. I found her comments about having her kids explore the real world not really that convincing at all. Because, well, first of all, if if you are having your kids visit Disney World and the countries in Epcot as a stand-in for those countries, it feels like you've done something like pretty poor in educating your kids about the real world. Like, I don't think like, oh, now I visited Morocco because I've walked through the Epcot World Showcase. And Disney, I think we have to think about it. I mean, one of the things while we were there, they've recently changed their old FastPass system to something where you have to pay kind of daily. And so it's just 
there's much more paying <laughs> that, that happens. And Rachel was like, why are they doing this? Like, why? <laughs> like, can't they just make this free? I'm like, well, Rachel, of course they can make it free. But if they don't make it free, then you pay for it and they make more money, which is what this whole place is about. It's about making money, especially as a publicly traded company. So I think there is a sense in which you have to like be aware of it is a capitalist machine, <laughs> so to speak. Like it is there to print money for the mothership. But I think in that you can also recognize that it is a particular cultural artifact. And that in itself is a real thing. Like it is a particular imagined creative enterprise of a set of human minds. And it's perfectly good to marvel at human culture. And this is this is a remarkable piece of human culture making and the ways that we are able to encapsulate people in story and a world. And that's something that we shouldn't do blindly and without awareness, but that we can, I think, enjoy and kind of wonder at. So that's that's a couple of things I would say to that. That's beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to think on our drive home tonight about this. Because at first when she said, you know, we could experience the real world and not Disney. I was like, oh, I can, like I, I kind of see that. I, yeah. I think it's important to obviously, yes, experience a culture where the culture is from. Yeah. And, you know, but I do think it's how you look at it. I don't I don't think of Disney as a stand in or a shadow of these things. Disney World is its own place, like its own experience. You go and there's music everywhere and there's all these creative rides, like you said, that you can't get somewhere else. Like yeah. you don't go to Paris and do those things. Like you go to Paris. <laughs> ride a log ride. Yeah, yeah, you go to Paris and you eat. And I do think, I mean, I'm not a huge like thrill, thrill ride person. So like even your like amusement parks, Six Flags kind of thing, like have never appealed to me. I'm much more about like the story and the creativity. And I think Disney, yeah, captures that so well. We yeah. rode one of the newest rides at Hollywood Studios is called Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. And it's like this immersive, like it's like a 20 minute ride. Mm -hmm. And you're going to like, you're walking through different parts and like the technology, like there's no track. Like it's all, our friend Zach was telling it, like GPS, like maneuver, like that's amazing. Yeah. Like, and I just love experiencing that. So, and that's not for everyone. So I understand like there's people who would much like, their entertainment or their joy would come from like going into nature and hiking. Sure. For me, no. <laughs> I mean, we all have limited time and resources, right? So I don't think neither of us are advocating like you have to, you have to. No, I don't do think it makes Disney. sense for everyone. The other thing I would say is I do think where her critique might come in more strongly is if we're doing Disney every year as our only vacation exactly. or our primary vacation. And like, Oliver just grew up and the only things he knew of travel and time off was that we went to Disney. That would feel like, yeah, yeah, okay, now now we're using it as a stand-in and as an escape. But as a once every while and kind of fun experience. Yeah, <laughs> as part of like the rotation of your <laughs> travel experiences. Like sure. we go to a national park one year and then we go do this one year. Yeah, I don't think that's we'll... going to happen. What, the national park? Yeah, yeah, that seems unlikely <laughs> knowing you and me, but... Someone but, else will take it. I mean, like, it's just in the mix of your vacations. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't think it should be your sole vacation spot. So what was, uh, what was one of your favorite parts? So, I mean, Oliver is young. He's a year and a half. So, I mean, a lot of people will make the case against going 
to Disney when a kid is this early. What do you feel like are the arguments for taking a kid this early? Or what did you uh, enjoy about taking Oliver at this age? Yeah, I mean, the number one argument is that he's free at this age. So you're not that's actually true, having to pay for him. very nice. So that's maybe the top argument. Yeah, I mean, he's old enough to recognize and to appreciate and to point and to be wide-eyed and all that. So I think that made for lots of fun. I, I mean... Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think I have a strong case for why you should. I don't. I don't feel that strongly about it. It felt more like the. In fact, maybe I would have agreed that he was a little young, except just the, the contours of our life meant it made a lot of sense to go. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can, and if you're already going to, we're already wanting to go to Disney World, and your kid is under three, like, why not take them when they're sure. free? And yeah, he loved the music. There's like the senses, I think, are especially attuned to kids that even appeal to a kid mm-hmm. that young. And so sure. there's lights and there. I mean, he's old enough to know like he's watched Frozen before. So he like loved everything Frozen in the park. Like he was old enough to like catch on to things. We met Mickey and he like was really excited to yeah. see Mickey. And so, like, that stuff is really special. I We were kind of saying, I mean, unless you're kind of just taking a kid out of necessity that's younger than him, who you're just going to, like, kind of wear on your body the whole time and cart around, like, I don't know if much younger than him would have been engaging a lot with stuff, depending on your kid. I yeah, don't think Oliver kid, I guess. would have been there. But Yeah. No, I think that's true. So, if you had any tips that worked really well or didn't work well that we were at the parks if you were recommending to friends that were taking a toddler oh wow you really came prepared i mean i guess my only tip would be well it's a common tip coming from me but have relatively low expectations (laughs) and be like very selective like if there's something that you really want to do as the adult well first of all you have to be sure that there's a way that you can do it that's feasible whether that's in our case, it was grandparents helping out, but also limit those things to like one thing. And then there's a good possibility you'll be able to make it happen. There yeah, you go. that's kind of what we, we prioritize. Like, OK, what is like one thing Matt and I want to do or one thing we want to make sure we take Oliver on? Yeah. And then we really made sure like those things happen and then everything else was bonus. Yeah. And we got a lot of bonus. Like we got a lot of bonus. Like I think that is in the plus side for Disney that even a kid Oliver's age could ride a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. especially in the Magic Kingdom. I mean, we went on like 16 rides and he went on like all of those. With us. Oh, wow. And so, like, that's amazing because he's, like, young. But because they're geared toward kids, like, they can ride a lot even when they're not super tall. So I think, like, that's a plus for taking a younger kid to Disney World. Yeah, other tips. uh, A friend recommended Melissa Gardner that we get, like, a snack box, like a bento box. I don't think Melissa listens to podcasts, but I like a full name shout out. Yeah, just in case. But for kids, and that was, like, amazing. Matt was skeptical that that would work. I was very, very skeptical. But we used it every day in the parks and all the plane trips. Yeah. And as a skeptic, let me say, it was fantastic. It was very, very successful. It was super, So we just fill it with like peanut butter sandwich and snacks and fruit. And then he could just like snack on it all day when we were eating on the plane. Like, and it just kept him like satisfied, which I'm, is rare. I'm thinking about my canarf rating for that. And it might be like the highest canarf rating <laughs> like I've ever. ever get. Like it might be a plus seven or plus eight. Canarf. It worked really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great tip, Uh, Melissa. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 
I don't, I mean, this is, I really, we kind of lucked out on this, but Oliver did actually fall asleep in the parks each day for a nap. We. So our tip is have your kid nap. Which I don't know how we pulled off. That can't be a tip. Well, I do, we like, we like followed a routine. We had lunch and then we would change him and then we'd recline him in the stroller and give him an animal and then he would like be out like, and usually only for an hour or so, but. There was, like, one time we didn't give him an animal, and he was, like, not having it. And then we gave him the animal, and then he fell asleep. So it is, like, keep your kids as much in their routine as possible. Like, even if it's somewhat different, obviously a very different place. Like, we try to stick to, like, the normal things. And I think he responded to that. I also think he's, you know, a great sleeper Yeah, in this stage of his life. He's exceptional in many ways. Anyway, I thought it was a great trip. I'm really glad we took him. It was a great trip, yeah. I agree great i feel like i enjoyed it more than you did or enjoying recapping it. no i think it's fun to recap i think for me there is vacations tend to be a little bit more like they dissolve more quickly in my memory and i think they tend to like stick with you but i think that's like a discipline that you can choose to participate in yeah, I mean... A that, little pushback. <laughs> that's not unfair. You've been watching videos with Oliver, which I think is one of, part of your cultivating. Yeah, I think I don't know. I feel like that's really important to me. And I think we've had this discussion many times before. Like, a vacation is more than, like, the time we're gone. For me, like, a vacation involves, like, the preparation before, like, the excitement, the buildup beforehand. And then, like, afterward, it's, like, talking about it and reliving memories and processing and like you are not like that's not part of your family culture like even your parents were lovely and picked us up from the airport and they're like how was your trip and we're like great they're like great (laughs) (laughs) and i mean to be fair like they're connected to our photo account so they can they were like watching videos the whole time which is so sweet so there's nothing against like it's just like that is your family doesn't relive things in the way that I was grew up reliving like my parents have countdown videos of like 20 days out of a Disney trip like before a Disney trip of me when I was like six like it's just more of a like full before during and after experience (laughs) and that's fine that it's different I do think that is like something that's important to me that we have sometimes like butted heads about or like just not known that people do things differently but I do think you it's like it can be a habit of like cultivating like mm. remembering those stories and memories and it like enhances it. It can, at least. Yeah, this is very interesting. I don't think we've ever talked about this with respect to after vacation, have we? No, we've I think talked most a lot commonly about we've talked about before in the anticipation. But I think it's after too. Like it is all of oh, it. That's part of it for you too. Well, I'm learning something, folks. You you perhaps could feel the tension in Rachel's <laughs> earlier comments. But, you know, I can recognize that I'm still learning how to be a good spouse. And I'd just like to go back to all these questions and re-answer them with the vim and vigor that they merit. (laughs) I appreciate that email, (laughs) dude. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I think, yeah, that's really good food for thought. You're right. I tend to just kind of move on. And you probably have a fuller enjoyment of the experience. So I think I can learn. I'll work to learn from this. Even this very podcast episode. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for saying something. All right. We can wrap it up. If you have any more questions or if you're planning on going to Disney World at some point with a young child, I, at least, would love, <laughs> love nothing more than to talk about it with you because I just 
in another life, we always talk about in another life careers we would have, I would be a Disney travel agent. Yeah, you totally would be. I mean, some of it is also that personality. Like, you are a travel planner. Like, you just love, like, those pieces. And I, like, I enjoy vacations. I also just love home. Uh, so there's some differences. But I can also work to appreciate vacations more. All right. Till next time, folks. I don't think she's fully satisfied with my responses, people. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a future episode just talking about vacations. Oh, dear. That's like a whole season. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, what a note. What a note. I already said till next time. Oh, did you? Yeah, you're queued up. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And Matt is your Tim's take. <laughs>